0: Well, hello there, everybody, as we are back with another edition of the Extra Rounds Podcast on Fan Sided MMA and Sports Illustrated MMA. And we're going to start the show in just a minute. But before we do that, this episode of the Extra Rounds Podcast is being brought to you by Teststrips.com. That's Teststrips with the Z, ladies and gentlemen.com. Managing diabetes is your business, making it affordable is theirs. You can sell your extra unused diabetes supplies for up to $50 per box and support a worthy cause that causes. The fight against diabetes. Why would you have extra diabetes supplies to sell? Maybe you've switched brands of testing supplies. Maybe the accumulation and overstock of supplies over time. Maybe the unfortunate news of a relative or a significant other passing away. Whatever that is, you could turn those extra unused supplies into cash. At Teststrips.com, they'll buy all major brands of glucose test strips and lancets, including AccuCheck, Bayer, Freestyle, and OneTouch, and they offer a simple-to-use, fully automated platform where individuals can submit sales orders and request prepaid shipping labels to ship your items. Once the package is received, they will send payment within 24 hours via Business Check or PayPal. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? They will then take those supplies, they will resell them online at significantly reduced prices, sometimes up to 80 to 90% off pharmacy prices. They do that because... They don't want these supplies to go to waste or expire and they want to create a more affordable market for those who are not covered by insurance. What a company this is. You can learn more by going to teststrips.com teststrips with Z.com, or calling 855-STRIPS with the Z Z1. That's 855-STRIPS 1. Teststrips.com, Better Business Bureau accredited, A-plus rating for over five years. They are affiliated with the American Diabetes Association. They support the Wounded Warrior Project and they have partnered up with one of the biggest sports radio stations in the country. 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston. Test Strips with a Z.com. Sell your extra unused diabetes supplies for up to $50 per box and support a worthy cause and support a just a fantastic company. And our friends at teststrips.com want to wish everybody, all our great listeners, a very happy and prosperous 2019. Now, let us start the show. Fan-sided MMA and Sports Illustrated MMA present the Extra Rounds Podcast. Exactly. Let's go get him. Huh? We're going to shake things up. Now, here is your host, Mike Jack. Alright, welcome to the final episode of the Extra Ounce Podcast for 2018. My name is Mike Heck. I am your host, broadcaster, our studios here in beautiful Berkshire County, Massachusetts. And that is the last time that I will say those words. The last show done in the studio here in beautiful Berkshire County, Massachusetts. As my move to Cape Cod will be happening in a little over a week's time. So we're trying to figure out the logistics moving forward. But I think I have it all kind of laid out and, and ready to go. So... Just to warn you, there may not be a show next week, but I'm going to try my damnedest to make sure you get a show. But if it doesn't happen, that is why I'll be getting ready to move to Cape Cod and start my, my new adventure, so to speak. But I will tell you this. There will be a lot more MMA coverage. The show might kind of shift in a different direction, But once that's all figured out, I'll let you guys know about it. But thank you guys for listening all year long, downloading these episodes, subscribing to the show. Thank you for those who have left five-star ratings, left nice words, the emails, the comments, the tweets. Very much appreciated. As we head into the final UFC event of 2018, UFC 232 is coming up on Saturday night now. From Inglewood, California. I mean, I'm not going to dive into everything that happened a few days ago because you already know what happened. It is what it is. And we can get upset about it. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. This is what is going to happen. And whether you choose to watch the event on Saturday night or not, that is up to you. That is your decision. And yes, I am not a jerk. I feel bad for the athletes. I feel bad for the fans. Especially, more than anything, especially those who are traveling from different parts of the world, different parts of the country, those who use this as Christmas gifts for their kids or for family members. We're going to go check out this event in Las Vegas, the last UFC event of the year. We're going to see John Jones come back, everybody, get everybody all fired up, and then to do this and move everything. Yeah, that really does suck, and, I, and my heart does go out to those people who are affected by this. But at the end of the day, it's the UFC. It is their show, and this is what is happening. All right? So whether you want to watch the event or not, that's up to you, but nothing's going to change. We can get as mad about it as we want. We could say whatever we want about it, but nothing is going to change. The event is happening in Inglewood, California on Saturday. We know why. Hopefully when Joe Rogan talks to Jeff Nowitzki today on the Joe Rogan Experience as we record the show, hopefully we get some more answers because it is all a big mystery right now. Why the hell is this happening? So we'll see what happens. But speaking of UFC 232, later on in the show, we're going to check in with the natural-born killer, Carlos Condit. And personally, this will be my first chance to talk to Carlos Condit ever in my career. I'm very excited about this as he gets ready to welcome Michael Chiesa to the UFC welterweight division on Saturday. Part of the main card on pay-per-view. If you're going to watch it, that's where you have to get it. You have to buy it on pay-per-view, but... So we'll talk to Carlos Condit later on in the show. But first, I am all about doing different things to wrap up the year. And I've tried award shows and tried all sorts of different things. But I'm more fascinated in predictions and how those predictions turn out. I love doing that. So for a very special edition of Going the Full Five, we're going to predict what is going to happen, what we think is going to happen in 2019. And we have a very special guest that is going to come along for the ride. Five, four, three, four. A very special edition of Going the Full Five on the Extra Rounds Podcast as we take a look into our crystal balls for the sport of mixed martial arts heading into 2019. Now I know everybody does award shows and things like that, but I'm more fascinated with predicting the unpredictable because... That's what this sport is really all about, and there was only one person I could bring on to do this. On my old show, this guy was a staple. After every big event, every pay-per-view, I'd bring this gentleman on, and we would shoot the breeze in a Stockton to Malone-type fashion. So I figured, hey, let's start a new tradition, and let's do it right here on the Extra Rounds podcast. So joining me is a longtime journalist covering the sport of mixed martial arts. You may have seen his work on Flow Combat, MMA Weekly, MMA News, and many, many others. Damon Martin is here. Damon, how are you, man? It has been a minute, my friend. I am good. Thanks for having me. I thought you didn't love me anymore. I was so I was so disappointed. I know. So much going on, man. You you could attest to that. But before we get into trying to predict the future here, obviously there's been a lot going on with the UFC and the UFC 232 event this weekend getting moved to from Las Vegas to Inglewood. And I guess my question is we haven't seen anything like this in a in a really long time, like pre zuffa where an event just gets moved last minute like this. Obviously, UFC twelve is for a different reason altogether, but honestly, we know why the decision was made at this point. I mean, what did you think as this was all going on? How would you have handled this whole thing? Because this has just been absolute craziness.
1: Yeah, it's been kind of nuts. And it's just, uh, I mean, this is unprecedented. I mean, this has never happened before. I mean, it's one thing to move an event or change a main event or things like that. But we have never seen an event literally get moved from one location to the next. And it's not even in the same city. It's not like T-Mobile Arena had a water main break. And they had to move it to the Thomas and Maxon or something. They moved it from Las Vegas to LA. This is such a bizarre situation. I mean, you wonder why, you know, what was the what was the emergency? Why did this fight have to happen on December 29th versus just allowing it to happen a few weeks later or in March? Or I just so much unknown and so much of a bizarre situation that we've never had before. And uh, the explanations aren't helping much. I mean, these are you know, the explanations coming from Jeff Nowitzki and Dana White, you know, uh, basically they just don't make sense uh, from a scientific uh, point of view, from a doping point of view. And the reality is, is John Jones may be completely innocent. He may be, I've argued with people saying, he may be the victim in all this. He may be innocent based on what we know about the drug testing that he's undergoing. There's a lot of scrutiny about this ball test. Uh, the drug that he tested positive for, the anabolic steroid he tested positive for, he may be completely innocent, but the problem is is we're not hearing from the people who could actually exonerate him. We're hearing from Jeff Davinsky, who is a UFC employee. We're hearing from Dana White, who is obviously president of the UFC. We're hearing from USADA, but they're not explaining the science behind it. And so all the things that could make this you know, go away, so to speak, they're not helping. And then on top of that, You got, you know, hundreds of people who were traveling in from Christmas, holidays, planned to go to Vegas, people from Sweden. I had a guy from Guatemala. I had a guy from Australia. All these people who were traveling to the United States to come see this event. And then last second, they're told, oh, by the way, figure out a way to go to L.A., rebuy tickets, or you're just not going to be able to go. So it was just a a mess. There's just no better way to say it. It was a mess.
0: Yeah, it is a mess. And, you know, what a way to end a crazy year for the UFC and in the sport in general. So 2018, like we said, it's been an interesting year. A lot of big stories coming to the table. The UFC's new TV deal with ESPN, the big trade between the UFC and one championship, new streaming services, Daniel Cormier cementing his legacy, Conor McGregor and Khabib Nurmagomedov. I mean, the seemingly dissolving of the UFC men's flyweight division. So much has happened this year, and there's still more to come with this weekend's event, but we're going to take a peek at 2019. We have some questions that listeners submitted uh, via Twitter, via email so we're going to go through some of these. Plus, we have uh, some buy-sell questions that we will go through as we take a gander at the new year. We're going to track these, and then next year around this time, we'll see how we did and we'll try to add up heading into 2020. So we're going to start with the buy-or-sell portion of this event. Uh, that's mostly what this is, so you could give your answer, Damon, and explain why if you'd like. So the first one I have is buy-or-sell. Brock Lesnar will have at least one fight in the UFC in 2019. I'm going to buy uh <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I'm not going to put a lot of money on it. Let's put it that way. What, here's the thing. I honestly, I think, Brock, I think Brock wants to fight. I think Daniel Cormier wants to fight Brock Lesnar. It's a big money fight. Uh, Daniel wants to go out in his career. And I think, you know, all the signs pointed towards March UFC 235. The problem is, is we are literally eight weeks away from that event right now. We've heard nothing about it. I've heard nothing about it. Uh, but again, Brock's people are very secretive. They're very quiet. Chances are you're probably not going to hear about it until it actually gets announced. But yeah, it's just kind of weird we haven't heard that Brock's back in WWE. He's performing at Royal Rumble. A lot of people are, you know, speculating he's going to perform at least through WrestleMania, uh, which would be kind of right in the middle. You know, you got the fight in March and WrestleMania is in April, so it'd be kind of a bizarre time for him to be going through a fight camp while we'll also be uh, working some kind of schedule for uh, for WWE. So I'm going to say yes, cautiously. I'm going to buy that. But I just don't know the timeline, and I don't know the fight. I think Cormier is the fight that everybody wants, or at least that Cormier and Lesnar want. But will it happen in March? That, that I can't answer.
0: Yeah, I'll reluctantly buy that as well, but we'll see. I think a lot of it's going to be contingent on what happens on Saturday. Like, if John Jones goes out and just pulverizes Alexander Gustafson on Saturday, it's hard to ignore a third fight between DC and John Jones at Heavyweight, especially with, you know, John Jones really reaching out and trying to make this fight happen. I just have a hard time believing that it's not going to happen one more time, but we'll see what happens. If Gustafson wins, then I think we're going to see Lesnar sooner than we think. But next one, we've seen some of the rumor and innuendo on social media about this, but buy or sell that sometime in 2019, Bellator MMA will be under new ownership.
1: Man, that's a, that's an interesting question because I have heard rumors about that for more than a year now that it's possible. Uh, oh man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna very cautiously buy that. And the reason I'm buying it is because Viacom is undergoing a lot of changes right now. Viacom, uh, for those that don't pay a lot of attention to the, you know, the TV side of thing, the, the, the business side of that business, you know, Viacom's undergone a lot of changes recently the possible merger back with CBS and the whole nightmare of Les Moonves being booted out on sexual harassment charges and the ownership thing under Summer Redstone and all these different things that you probably, all these names I'm mentioning, the casual MMA fan probably doesn't know or care about, but these are all really moving situations. And, and Viacom is really trying to rebrand itself uh, and do different things and kind of revamp itself. As you notice, like ratings for MTV, BET, uh spike tv going into paramount tv were not great and they weren't growing and so they're trying to revamp that entire uh series of networks with nickelodeon and all these different things they're trying to do to improve the ratings and give people a, a reason to watch uh viacom programming again and i'm just not sure that bellator really fits into their their current structure I and mean, when you look at paramount tv bellator is a stranger in a strange land i mean they're doing a lot of original programming. Yellowstone was a big hit for them this year. They're doing more original programming. They got Lipstick sync battle. They're doing reality programming, and Bellator is like—it's just a strange program to have on there. They have no other sports programming. They have no other uh, shoulder programming around Bellator that really makes sense for it to be on there. And then you got this deal with the Zone, where they got money to go on the Zone, and obviously the Zone seemingly has money to burn right now. So I would say uh, it's—I I would say I'd buy that because it just. Based on this information alone, which is Bellator doesn't seem to fit in the current structure for Viacom, and if they merge with CBS, I'm not sure that it fits into their business plans for 2019 and beyond.
0: Yeah, I I will agree with you. I'm I'm buying that as well. I think it'll happen maybe within the first quarter of 2019. I think you know the first good offer they get, I think they're going to jump all over it. So both agree on that one. Buy or sell? There will be at least of course we've seen it happen just recently with the Ben Askren, Demetrius Johnson situation. Buy or sell, there will be at least one major trade between top promotions in 2019. I'm going to sell that only because I think this was such a rare
1: occasion of talent and timing. Uh, Demetrius Johnson wasn't happy with the UFC and you really didn't like the way that he felt he was treated in the UFC. Ben Askren was retired. I mean, one championship wasn't getting anything out of him anyways uh outside of having him under contract but Ben wanted to fight Ben's always wanted to fight in the UFC he's always wanted to face the best guys in the world at welterweight so that was just the perfect time the perfect scenario everything really fit together for that to happen I don't know that that would happen again I could look at a million different guys on the roster and say why you know why would they trade somebody when they could just as easily wait for somebody to go into free agency and sign them you know clear in a way so I don't think so. I think this. I, I'm not saying this is going to be a one-time-only thing, and we're never going to see it again. But I don't necessarily know that there are the moving parts out there that really make a lot of sense for any other trades to happen.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I, I think it's it's a rare thing. It's something like you said; it has to line up perfectly. And I just, you know, like you said, I don't I don't see a lot of that movement really happening right now. So, next one, buy or sell. And we've heard Dana White talk about this, and it's been discussed, you know, at nauseum over the last year, maybe the last couple of years. Buy or sell? We will see two seasons of The Ultimate Fighter in 2019.
1: I'm going to sell, but I'm going to say we will see one season of The Ultimate Fighter in 2019. <laughs> I think they're going to revamp the show a little bit. I think they're going to, um, I think they're going to, you know, they're going to move into the new UFC campus that's coming in 2019. I don't think that's going to be built until probably April or May. They're going to finish that building, and then once that building is up, you're going to move right into the Contender series which will probably launch in June uh, June through August, early September. And then I think at that point in September, we'll probably get to one season of The Ultimate Fighter we'll have in 2019. Once that new campus is built and basically all the production and everything is in-house, then I think we'll see, uh, we'll see The Ultimate Fighter come back before the end of 2019. One season, but probably towards the latter half of the year.
0: Hmm. I'm going to buy it. I think we're going to get two. I think Data White will make two happen just for the sake of shoving it in everybody's face. So uh, Probably the most popular one that I've gotten, and I'm sure you've, you're seeing this one coming from a mile away, buy or sell both Nick and Nate Diaz will fight in 2019 for the UFC. Sell, uh,
1: sell, sell, <laughs> sell, 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 uh, sell. There's just too many unknowns with those guys. I mean – Nate Diaz was supposedly booked to fight Jorge Masvidal, and everyone seemed to have it confirmed, and then we hear from Nate Diaz, and he says, I never agreed to anything. Uh, nothing surprises me with that situation. I mean, Nate Diaz was booked. He was on the marquee. He went through a press conference for a fight against Dustin Pori and we still didn't see him fight. And I know, you know technically he would have fought, hypothetically he would have fought, had Dustin not gotten hurt, but I had heard rumors even before that that they were having problems and, and saying the fight wasn't going to happen. So, Sell. Sell all day. I have a hard time <laughs> believing we've seen one of them, much less both of them.
0: I think we'll see Nate. I don't think we'll see Nick. I, I don't think we'll ever see Nick again. I've said this for like two years now. Buy or sell? This is an interesting one. At some point in 2019, Tyron Woodley will be released by the UFC. Uh, sell.
1: Sell on that one. Listen, he may go to war with Dana, and Dana may have some just ridiculously stupid things to say about Tyron Woodley, especially something like Tomorrow, Usman is going to fight for a title at USC 235, regardless of Tyron Woodley, which is beyond ridiculous. Uh, but no, I don't think he's going anywhere else. I mean, I know Tyron had a great relation with Scott Coker when they worked together at Strike Force, but Tyron knows. You know his biggest paycheck is going to come from the UFC. He's not going to make nearly as much money from pay-per-view, uh, from back-end things like that at Bellator or anywhere else for that matter that he would for the UFC. So you know, th- listen, this is like the most roller coaster relationship we've got in the sport right now. I mean, one minute he loves Tyron. he looks like a monster when he not when he beat Darren Till, and then three months later he's ducking fights uh, and he and he's a bad champion, which is just a, a stupid narrative. But no, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he'll stick around. Uh, He'll end up fighting probably once, maybe twice next year, and and, and we'll just kind of
0: move forward. I agree with you. Buy or sell? Chris Cyborg will sign a new multi-fight deal with the UFC. I'm going to buy that.
1: Uh, I know Chris has, I believe, one fight left after her fight at UFC 232, but we have to remember she has new management now. She's working with Paradigm Sports Management, which is the same group uh, led by Audio Tar, who represents Conor McGregor, Gunnar Nelson, uh, Michael Bisping, all those guys. They have a great relationship with the UFC. I think that's part of the reason why Chris signed with them is because they have a reputation of getting their their athletes the best possible deal while also maintaining a good, strong relationship with the promoters. So I think she will be back with the UFC. I think they may try to work in some sort of deal where she could do a boxing match with Zufa, which I think would be fun and kind of interesting. But I think ultimately she will stay with the UFC.
0: Yeah, I don't think they can really afford to lose another division because obviously if you lose her you lose the entire division so i I think they'll they'll find a way to keep her locked in and fight for the ufc in the foreseeable future all right buy or sell max holloway sometime in 2019 will make the permanent move to 155 pounds
1: oh that's a tough one uh right now i'm gonna say 2019 alone permanent move um Right now, I'm going to say bye very cautiously. I don't know about permanent, though. I think he, I think he will make a move to 155 at some point in 2019. Will it be permanent? I think that all depends on the outcome of the fight. Uh, I personally think Max has some work. He can still do a featherweight, but if it's a health issue, if it's really killing him to make that weight, then I have no problem. What I don't want right now is you inject Max Holloway into an already muddied water at 155 pounds, because some of these guys, I mean, Tony Ferguson needs to fight to beat Nurmagomedov. They need, now, if they've booked that fight and falls apart for the eighth time, then yeah, I guess we gotta move on, but you gotta try at least one more time. Uh, you got Dustin Poirier, by any other metric, in mankind, that guy deserves a title shot, but he's probably not gonna get it. So, how do you, how do you, so you throw Max Holloway in there, and you have him fight Conor, let's say, which I think would be a big fight, then you're screwed over Dustin Poirier. What do you do with him? Do you have him fight, you know, here he beat Gaethje. What do you have by Ali Quinta No offense to Al, that's not a that's not a knock on Ali Quinta whatsoever. But how do you tell the guy who absolutely deserves the title shot that you don't get anything? You don't even get a money fight. You don't even get a rematch with Connor, and you know put some extra coin in your pocket. So, I, I in a way, I, I think yes, he will go up to one fifty five. But I hope it's not till towards maybe the end of the year once we kind of sort out this mess at Light.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping the same thing happens. And I think he fights. Yeah, I kind of agree with him. He might jump to 155 at the end of the year for like one super fight if needed, but I think he'll, he'll stick through the year at 145. I think there's a couple of good fights there for him. Next one buy or sell. Daniel Cormier will fight at least twice in 2019. Right now, I'm going to sell that. Uh, you know, I've had this conversation
1: with DC numerous times. He's stuck by his guns. He's going to retire next year. He's made a promise to his kids. And if you know Daniel Cormier, you know he is a family man through and through. He loves his children. I think the, the, the interesting part of that is, is I'm not sure he'll make it by his March deadline. I will say he's only going to fight one time next year, one more fight, but he may not make his 40th birthday deadline, as he said, just because of the way things are playing out for Brock Lesnar and with John Jones. If there's an opportunity, if Brock isn't around and John beats Gustafson, maybe DC has to stick around until May or June to make that third fight with Jones. I think he'll stick around past his deadline, but I think, we all, I think we will only see him one more time.
0: Here's an interesting one. Buy or sell, Dana White will no longer be the president of the UFC by the end of 2019. He may be in a different role, but he will no longer be the quote-unquote face of the organization.
1: Sell, sell all day. That's right up there with a the Nick and Nate Diaz question. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, you know, he signed a five-year deal with WME when this whole thing went down in, 20, it was in 2016. Uh, he's not going anywhere. I mean listen, Dana, you know, Dana may drive some people crazy and, and he and he you know gets on the nerves of other people, but ultimately, you know, WME, Ari Emanuel and Patrick Whitesell, so they need somebody to run the organization who knows the business. And you keep the one thing you can say about Dana White, he knows the business. He may he may be unscrupulous, and he may be bad about some of the things he does or some of the things he says, but ultimately he knows the business. So he's not going anywhere.
0: Buy or sell? The UFC will introduce at least one new division in 2019, whether it be 165, 175, or anything like that. I'm going to
1: buy, but I think it's going to end up being the women's weight division more than anything else. I think there's some growth there. I think there's some interest there. Uh, you get, you know, Michelle Waterson, Jessica Penney, who are both former champions and addicted 105 pounds. There is some talent out there. I think when you look at the women's divisions. It's always more stacked the lower you go. You know, the, the women's divisions, you know, when you look past 145, 145 is already a barren wasteland. 155, I'm not sure who they're going to dig up to fight Kayla Harrison and BFL. Uh, so you got to go lower. 105, there is some legit talent down there. You get some 115-pound fighters who are willing to drop down to 105. I think if we're going to add a division in 2019, that's going to be the one.
0: It's funny you mentioned Kayla Harrison. That's the next one. Buy or sell. Kay- Kayla Harrison will sign an exclusive deal with the UFC in 2019.
1: I'm gonna sell that for right now. I, I just had a chance to talk to her manager, Alia Delaziz, last night, and you know they've got some big plans for her in 2019. And don't forget, she's going to be part of a 155-pound tournament for a million dollars next year. Uh, even if she, I mean, again, I don't know who she's going to fight. I have no clue who they're going to dig up for her to fight. But I gotta imagine she's going to be a massive favorite to win that tournament. And listen. The UFC, with all their bonuses, and there's no guarantee she's going to make a million dollars in a year. So, uh, if that's on the table and she's making that money, she's not going anywhere but PSL in 2019.
0: By herself, Bellator will sign a current UFC champion to their roster in 2019. I'm
1: trying to think, who are all the UFC champions right now? And um, based on who's out there, give me a second, let me just think, who, who am I thinking of here? I mean, they're not going to get Holloway, they're not going to get TJ, they're not going to get I mean the only, I mean, Cejudo would be the one guy, but even he would be out of his weight class because they don't have a flyweight division. Like if that actually fell apart somehow, but he's under a long-term deal. Uh, none of the women are going to go there. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think there's anybody right now that would be a viable pickup for them. I mean, Whitaker's not going anywhere. Jones or Gustafson not going anywhere. Gustafson just reading to do like four fight deal right before this Jones fight. Obviously Daniel Cormier is retiring. Jones is under a long-term deal. He's going nowhere. The only guy I could see them potentially signing if things completely fall apart is a former champion, and I would say Stephen Miocic is the guy
0: to keep an eye on in 2019 to see if he sticks around the UFC. Buyer yourself, Zufa Boxing will hold an event in 2019. Oh
1: man, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reluctantly buy that only based <laughs> upon the fact that the UFC is going to launch this new campus where they're going to be able to broadcast their own events. I think at some point in 2019, they might put together something like a contender series where they have an event with, you know, five fights and kind of an unknown prospect kind of thing. Uh, and, and I think once this new campus opens up, you know, the UFC has a lot more uh, options in terms of putting on shows and putting on promotions of their own. So I'll, I'll cautiously buy that one.
0: Buy or sell Golden Boy MMA will hold two or more shows in
1: 2019. Sell. Sell. <laughs> a, uh Listen, Oscar De La Hoya. For whatever intentions he had to get in this business, that first show was abysmal. I mean, it was bad. The, the production wasn't great. Uh, the the entire thing, the entire thing was just a nightmare. Uh, and uh, and and so on top of that, you know, you just got. I mean, who's out there? What are they? Who are they going to put on a show? I mean, you can only roll out Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz one time. They made a. They made a. They rolled the dice on that when it came up. You know, snake eyes. I have a hard time believing they're going to sink more money into an event after getting, from what I heard, was less than 50000 buys for that pay-per-view. I can't imagine they're going to roll the dice and try to get more, especially with who's available. Who would they put on a card? There's no one, no name-valued star right now, unless they're going to try to promote Randy Couture at like 56 against Tito Ortiz at like 44. Not going to happen.
0: This is the only non-buy or sell question. Who will have more fights in the UFC in 2019, George St. Pierre or Conor McGregor? Say that question one more time. Who will have more fights in the UFC in 2019, GSP or Conor McGregor? Conor
1: McGregor. Conor McGregor will come back in 2019. He may get two fights in next year. GSP, I don't know that he's ever going to fight again.
0: Buy or sell Israel Adesanya will win the UFC middleweight title in 2019. I'm going to sell, but I don't know that it's necessarily that
1: uh, that he won't get. I'm just not sure he'll get the opportunity. I mean, unfortunately, Robert Whitaker has shown he's, he's kind of injury-prone guy. I hate saying that, but it's true. Uh, and I think, you know, Calvin Gastelum has a legit chance of beating him, but that could be a war. And if you put on that fight, I think, I think Adesanya beating Anderson, which I think we all agree he's probably a favorite to do so, I think, you know, if Whitaker's injured, then I think maybe we get uh, Adesanya, Yoel Romero, which would be an interesting fight. Uh, But I don't don't think it's that he won't earn it, and I don't think it's maybe even that he deserves it. I think it's going to be a timing thing. I just don't, I don't trust Whitaker staying healthy enough to get a couple fights in next year, so I'm going to say sell based on what I know about Whitaker and what I know about the, the division as a whole.
0: Buy or sell, ESPN will fall so much in love with mixed martial arts that they will add another promotion to the fold in
1: 2019. So, uh, I'd imagine that UFC probably has exclusivity rights with ESPN. Uh, Same thing with, you know, UFC has exclusivity rights, meaning they can't broadcast anywhere else in the United States. Uh, I'm sure ESPN, I'm sure that was part of the deal. Ari Emanuel is a a, a ruthless (laughs) negotiator, and I have a hard time believing he wouldn't have a clause in that contract to say over the next five years, you're not going to show anything but UFC fights.
0: Buy or sell, the UFC men's flyweight title will be defended two or more times next year. Oh,
1: man. Uh, I'm going to sell because I truly believe the division is going away. Now, I know Henry Cejudo told me a couple weeks ago that he's going to save the division. I talked to his manager last night. He said, Henry Cejudo is going to save that division. Uh, but I just don't know that it can be saved. I mean, all the writing's on the wall. I mean, the UFC has dumped off a lot of solid you know, top 15 talent over the last couple of months. And I just don't know that they're invested in, in, in that division anymore, so I'm going to sell that.
0: Buyer sells the beat. Magomed Sheripov will fight for the UFC featherweight title in 2019. I'm going to sell. Uh, I think
1: a lot of it depends on you know what Max Holloway does and timing, and if they let him, if they allow him to hold on to that title. You also have to remember Frankie Edgar is a guy who's been chomping at the bit to get for the title, and, and he is the beat's teammate. I have a hard time believing they're going to fight with each other over a title shot. I think the beat would be okay if Frankie gets the shot first, and then maybe he gets the shot later. So I'm going to say sell. I think the beat's going to fight Jeremy Stevens, maybe another top guy later this year, and then maybe we'll talk again about 2020.
0: Buy or sell, there will be more than one two-division champion in the UFC in 2019.
1: Uh, I'm going to buy simply because they seem to be in love with these fights right now. I mean, that's they're, they're promoting so many champ versus champ fights. I have a hard time believing we're not going to see it again with something else, whether that's, max holloway going up to 155 or or uh i don't know you know any number of possibilities could go out there i mean like i said tj dillashaw is about to fight for the flyweight title in january so i'm going to say bye because the ufc seems to be in love with these fights right now
0: buy or sell at the end of 2019 december 31st 2019 rory mcdonald will still be the bellator welterweight champion
1: i'm going to sell uh, I think that there's some I think there's I think I think he's got you know a couple of interesting matchups coming up. You know, John Fitch is not gonna just go away because he's supposed to go away. I think Neiman Gracie showed a lot of strength in that fight with Ed Ruth. That fight surprised the hell out of me. I thought Ed Ruth was gonna win that one and he really, really showed a lot to me in that fight. And then obviously, you know, he had a I mean, let's not forget Lima you know gave him a battle. I mean he turned Rory into a wrestler. And, and Lima, you know, and then you got, you know, uh, Michael and Page out there, Paul Daly. I mean, I think obviously it depends on who wins that fight. But I just,
0: I don't know. I have a hard time seeing him make it through that tournament without somebody, you know, pulling off the upset. By sell? Habib Nurmagomedov will fight twice or more in 2019. Um, whew, that's a tough one. I, right now, I am going to
1: buy very cautiously based on timing because we know he's going to take off some summertime. Uh, for the uh, for the to honor uh, Ramadan, so probably from June to August he'll be out. But I think if he gets a fight booked by May, and then comes back in you know, November December, I think we'll see him twice.
0: Finally, for the buy sell, the UFC will finally head to Hawaii for a big event in 2019. I'm going to
1: sell. Uh, I just don't. I don't think they. I don't think they want to deal with. The taxes and the entertainment tax, whatever it is out there that causes kind of a pain in the ass to do a show in Hawaii, I just don't think they're going to do it. Uh, eventually, maybe, but I think they've got other they got enough other options available to them. Areas that haven't had fights or haven't had fights in a while that they could go to, and uh, and as much as it's promotable that they could do a, you know, that they could do a big card in Hawaii, uh, they don't really have to. I guess is the point—they don't have to do one there.
0: All right, I'm going to put you on the spot for these last two. Damon Martin, in your humble opinion, who will be the men's fighter of the year in 2019 in the UFC? Uh, I'm going to go with Jon Jones. Uh, If he stays healthy and he's
1: back, I have a hard time believing that guy is not going to uh, wreck shop. He may be the other two-division champion by the end of the year. Uh, So I have a hard time believing if Jon Jones is healthy and fighting and competing regularly, he is the best fighter in the sport. Uh, So I have a hard time believing he won't be the guy we're talking about a year from now as the best fighter in the world. And with that comes along a lot of titles and a lot of accomplishments.
0: Uh, I'm going to pick the same guy I picked for the last two years because he's due Tony Ferguson. I'm going Tony Ferguson again. And last one, who will be the Women's Fighter of the Year in 2019?
1: Women's Fighter of the Year in 2019. That's a tougher one because I think it all depends on how things play out. I mean, if Amanda Nunes pulls off the upset against Chris Cyborg and she becomes the two division champion, uh, you know, she's going to have a big 2019. Probably the featherweight division will go away, but she still has that honor. Uh man, I don't know. Right now, if I had to women's fight of the year next year, man, that's a tough one. Um I guess I guess based on the current crop and who's out there and who's gonna be active, I'm gonna say Valentina Shevchenko, because I think she'll be the most active champion on the roster. I think we could see three title defenses from her next year, which is unprecedented in the women's divisions. You don't typically see more than two or men's divisions as well. I don't want to say women's, but men's or women's, you don't typically see more than two title defenses a year anymore. Uh so I'm gonna say Valentina because I think she could do three title defenses next year and that kinda separates her from the pack.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with her as well. Uh, Damon, I, I know we had a few minutes. you you got to jump on and listen to that Joe Rogan-Jeff Davitsky interview. Hopefully we get some, some questions answered for sure. Always a pleasure, man. Thanks for doing this and jumping on during such a chaotic week. But before we get out of here, let the folks know where to find and follow you and what you got coming up on your respective sites to wrap up 2018.
1: Yeah, make sure to follow me at Damon Martin. Obviously, that will link you to all my stories out there for all the different various websites i got coming out. i got a Fighter of the Year article coming out on New Year's. So that'll be fun. Probably not a big surprise it was going to be the fight of the year, but you can read all about it coming next week. And then, uh, obviously, follow along. I'll be covering UFC uh, 232 all weekend long, so make sure you follow along at Damon Martin on Twitter.
0: Enjoy the fights this weekend, and happy New Year, my friend. You as well. Thanks for having me. All right, there he is, Damon Martin, everybody. Long-time MMA journalist, a guy I respect tenfold in this industry. This guy has just been killing the game for a long time. He's jumped into the freelance role over the last couple of years, and he's just crushing it, man. Big thank you to Damon Martin. It's been a minute. Him and I just bounce off each other so well, and it was great to have him on and, and do the damn thing as we look into our crystal ball. Well, more so him, because he's the one you really want to hear, hear about and get his predictions. He's the guy that's got his ear to the grindstone a lot more than I do. So big thank you to Damon Martin. All right, coming up next, we're talking about the current. We're talking about this weekend. We're talking about UFC 232, one of the big fights in the UFC's welterweight division. Michael Chiesa is going to make the move to the UFC welterweight division officially this Saturday, and he's going to take on Carlos Condit. We're going to check in with Carlos Condit coming up next on the Extra Ounce podcast. All right, we move ahead to our next guest. He will return to action this Saturday. He welcomes Michael Chiesa to the UFC welterweight division at UFC 232 Live on pay-per-view. The natural-born killer himself, Carlos Conda, joins us on the phone. Carlos, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, thank you for doing this so close to the fight. I really appreciate it. So, obviously... This event has been in the news quite a bit over the last several days with it being moved from Vegas to Inglewood, and we all know why it happened. People have their opinions about it. Fans have spoken up about it. And while we feel bad for some of the fans who have had to deal with this all, you guys and gals, the fighters, you are the ones who will be stepping in the cage Saturday night to compete. So while this probably isn't an ideal situation, what has your attitude been with this whole thing? Has it been a nuisance to you at all, or do you have the attitude that it is what it is? I have a fight with Michael Chiesa, and I don't care where it happens. It
2: doesn't change much for me. Um, honestly, our our fight week obligations were a little bit more relaxed. Um, we did have to wake up early as hell this morning and jump on a plane to, to, to L.A. Uh, but, I mean, this is, this is a crazy game. I mean, we fucking fight people in a cage. So, I mean, what what, what do we expect?
0: <laughs> this fight is coming up in a little more than 48 hours from right now. Camp is done. Preparations have been made. How has this training camp been for you, and how are you feeling physically heading into this fight on Saturday?
2: I feel amazing. I um, I didn't... I didn't Take much time off um, after my last fight. I trained straight through. Been helping a lot of guys with their uh, with their camps. Um, been doing some seminars and some teaching, which is cool. Uh, yeah dude I feel great I feel honestly I feel really really good going into this fight
0: you've been in this game competing at a high level for a long time Carlos every fight is important every fight has meaning and every fight is an opportunity to sort of right the ship and it's been a, a little bit of a rocky road for you over the last few years but with this sport in particular it's yeah. very much a what have you done for me lately kind of sport a great performance on Saturday night it could sort of erase the last three or four fights how much is your experience in the game your veteran savvy so to speak how much has that helped you heading into this fight
2: a bit. I think, you know, everything that I've done, even the training camps leading up to those losses, I mean, it wasn't for naught. Like, I, I still learned. I still grew um, in my skills. Um, and I, I think that, yeah, just my experience, and just, you know, coming to some, some hard realizations, like, hey, these are the things, even though I don't want to work on these things, these are the things that are ultimately going to be the difference between a victory or a failure, and uh, kind of swallowing my pride, and putting the work in.
0: This fight sort of came together back in September. It all started on social media, like a lot of these fights do. Kiesa makes the decision to jump up to one seventy. He calls you out, and you, of course, didn't hesitate to accept. And here we are. What did you make of Kiesa looking in your direction for his welterweight debut, as opposed to some other guys in that really stacked up division?
2: Um. Well, you know, I've been in a slump, and maybe he thinks it's easy pickings.
0: Stylistically, how do you like the matchup?
2: Uh, I love it. I love it. I think that he's, he's, got, he's well-rounded. Um, I feel like if I can come out there and put him on his heels, though, uh, that's my night. And that's what I plan on doing.
0: Have you changed anything at all for this particular training camp? Have you added anything new? Have you gone back to different things you did earlier in your career? Or is it sort of business as usual and more fine-tuning for this fight?
2: uh I wrestled and I and I and I did a ton of jiu and really tried to um strengthen that that aspect of my game uh and you know that's kind of what I was talking about with going back and 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 doing the work in those in those those areas that aren't always aren't always the, the the fun stuff. It's not always the stuff I enjoy the most, but I think it's going to pay dividends on Saturday.
0: Got more things for you, and I like I said, I appreciate you spending some time so close to the fight. You're a name. You're a guy that has excitement attached to that name. The win is obviously important here, but I actually spoke to a fighter not too long ago who fought on the Milwaukee card, and I asked him about his goals and what he would need to do to get the win, and he said the win isn't really his focus. It's it's execution. That's top priority. It's focusing on little things, the intangibles, and just executing everything he worked on in preparation for the fight. He said if he executes and fulfills that part of it, the win is just going to come naturally. So the win was almost secondary to the execution part of the game. Is that something you agree with when it comes to this fight and fighting in general?
2: Yeah, I, I, I would 100% agree with that, um, and I, w- I would say that there's there's a thousand little fights leading up to the fight. Not only you know, not only in in preparation in camp, but there's just small minuscule things that that uh, that can make the the difference between winning or losing.
0: In an ideal situation, you win on Saturday. And I'm not going to ask you for a prediction or anything because you're not going to say that you'll lose, obviously. And in 2018, I've learned that you know, <laughs> calling for a first-round knockout can only really do so much for you at the end of the day. So you want to win, and you want to win impressively, I'm sure. So my question is, ideally, what do you need to do on Saturday to set you up for a big year in 2019? How would you like that all to shape up?
2: Go out there and make a statement. Um, I haven't gone anywhere. Um, I'm still one of the best welterweights that you know, in in the UFC, and um, I'm gonna make people remember that Saturday night.
0: And and lastly, for you, you know, because I've been getting a lot of this from people, and this also fascinates me when it comes to mixed martial arts. You have fought a who's who. You've a, you've had championship belts wrapped around your waist. You've been in some ex- some of the most exciting fights of all time. You have an incredible legacy that fans, regardless of wins and losses, gravitate towards. And at 34 years old, over 40 professional fights, everything you've accomplished. What motivates Carlos Condit, the person, the fighter, the athlete? What keeps you going? What keeps you active? What keeps you training and competing in front of the world with everything you've done and accomplished in your career to this point?
2: Um, The short answer is I love it. I love to fight. I love to train. I love mixed martial arts. And the fact that I get to do that for my job as a living on a daily basis is all the motivation I need.
0: That's amazing, Carlos. Thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. I know things are really chaotic for you these days. All all the best to you heading into Saturday night as you take on Michael Chiesa at UFC 232. And Happy New Year to you as well, Carlos.
2: Sure, man. Thank you. Likewise.
0: All right, there he is. Carlos Condit, everybody. We didn't have a ton of time with him. He's just getting ready for the fight, of course. The press conference coming up at the top of the hours. We're recording this and I know he's probably going to be down there doing some media and and speaking with the fans. And I know, you know with everything going on, having to talk to the media and, and do shows like this and you know, it means it means the world. It really does. And you know, you you try to find the fine line. You don't want to be redundant. You don't want to be repetitive. And you don't want to annoy anybody this close to the fight. And you know, I, I think the timing was perfect. I think we got plenty of great stuff out of Carlos Condit. And you know, that's what it's all about. So it really means the world to me that that he would come on and do this so close to the fight. And as well as any fighter who comes on the show, it's a, it's a real blessing. Uh, to be able to talk to these amazing athletes day in and day out. And with that being said, we're going to put a bow on this show and for 2018 on the Extra Ounce Podcast. Big thank you to Carlos Condit for coming on as he gets ready to take on Michael Chiesa this Saturday night at UFC 232. Big thank you to Damon Martin for jumping on, the great Damon Martin for helping us predict what we could see in our crazy sport in 2019, big thank you to all of you guys for downloading and subscribing to the podcast, wherever you listen to it. And we appreciate that very much. Those who read my stuff, follow me on Twitter at mikehack_jr underscore JR, a little cheap plug there. And a big thank you to our great sponsor, TestStrips.com, TestStrips with a Z dot Managing diabetes is your business, making it affordable is theirs. You can turn your extra unused diabetes supplies Into cash up to $50 per box. Get more information, all the details at teststrips. That's with the Z at the end, ladies and gentlemen.com, teststrips.com. Everybody, enjoy the fights on Saturday and have a fantastic new year. We'll see you in 2019. Thank you all so much. My name is Mike Heck. Have a great rest of 2018.